Welcome to Asia-Pacific Defence Reporter, your go-to source for cutting-edge security insights in the region. Get ready for rapid-fire analysis and commentary from the Asia-Pacific with your host, Kim Bergman. Hello and welcome back. I was feeling pretty well rested and relaxed after a holiday in Korea, but that changed pretty quickly when I got back to Australia. Starting with the aircraft having to sit on the tarmac at Sydney Airport for 90 minutes because there was no aerobridge available. And after that, there was the usual farce with trying to catch the bus from international to domestic. Where is our Aviation Minister Catherine King in all of this? You know, the one who wouldn't authorise additional Qatar flights to increase competition and lower prices? Anyway, look, this does have a connection with defence. It's not just me raving because... Uh, In the past, I've done my best to progressively identify problems, I believe, that exist with the defence system, starting with lack of internal contestability. But another big part of it is that we have reached the point where no one wants to take responsibility for things anymore. And several decades ago, Lee Kuan Yew, the former Prime Minister of Singapore, warned Australians that we were in danger of becoming the poor white trash of Asia. Well, people, we seem to be very well on our way there. The topic, though, uh, getting now seriously into the detail that, uh, that has really stressed me out, is once again submarines. And I have placed an article online, uh, which is one of the without risk of exaggeration or or, or hyperbole, just one of the most disturbing things that I have ever written. You might have heard me go on or you've seen me put in writing the $3 billion that Australia will be transferring to the United States as some sort of buy-in or bribe to get us a seat at the table for AUKUS for the purchase of second-hand Virginia-class submarines. What I discovered about that after doing a bit of research is that the real number isn't $3 billion at all. The real number is a staggering $4.7 billion, and that has come about simply because the $3 billion referred to that the government has quite happily put in play, well, actually, I don't know about happily, but they've put in play on several occasions, it turns out that that's not three billion Australian dollars. It turns out that it's three billion US dollars. And all that you've got to do is look at the current exchange rate, and that equates to the the real number of 4.7 billion. I think that the government, the department and Navy have gone out of their way to conceal the truth of that from the Australian public. In their pronouncements, to the extent that they've they've happened, they've just simply kept on referring to this sort of generic $3 billion. Now, practice in Australia when it comes to journalism, and I'm sure business as well, everyone is entitled to assume or they understand that the currency being referred to is Australian dollars unless it is specifically stated that it is another sum. And then normally good practice when it comes to public policy or anything like that is to explain what the exchange rate is, what the conversion rate is, so everyone can work out exactly what sort of money is being spent. But 
No, with this three billion, it's just been allowed to float out there. And I and a number of other journalists, particularly in the immediate aftermath of the March 14th, I think it was, press conference in the United States that announced the sort of optimal pathway to acquiring nuclear-powered submarines, many other outlets also, in good faith, reported this figure of $3 billion. And those outlets included reputable things like the Australian Financial Review, the ABC, The Guardian, the Sydney Morning Herald, all the rest of it. So it wasn't just me that was being led up the garden path. It was all of my colleagues, many of whom have excellent contacts and a good understanding of the defence domain, and a big chunk of Australian industry as well. So let's now turn to the, it's not even really a detective tale. It turns out to uh, that I had the, the chance to catch up on a bit of research. And the first thing that I looked at when I was getting up to speed after after my break was a uh, hearing of the US, the, the, the title is a little bit ponderous, but just bear with me, the House of Representatives Armed Service Committee, which was on October the 25th, which actually had the full title of the House Armed Services Subcommittee into Sea Power and Projection Holds Hearing on AUKUS Submarine Industrial Base. That's its actual title. Now, uh, the things, the thing about that hearing that struck me, well, there are a few things. First of all, the huge amount of enthusiasm for all of the American speakers. They were uh, various members of Congress, and then there were a whole lot of uh, very powerful witnesses from the US Navy and from the Department of Defense. Everyone was singing from the same song sheet, AUKUS is wonderful. And of course, enthusiasm is a great thing. I'm all in favor of, of enthusiasm, but it only gets us so far. The second recurrent theme in these hearings, and by the way, there's a lot more in all of this that I'm going to unpack in the future, was concerns about the ability of the US industrial base to mobilize sufficiently to be churning out enough Virginia-class submarines so that they would have some to spare to sell to Australia. And what they're aiming for is to be able to do one Columbia-class SSBN per year plus two Virginia-class SSNs per year. And they're well short of that at the moment. Well, okay, so they were the main themes. But the third matter that really caught my attention were these frequent references by several of the witnesses to Australia's contribution of $3 billion. And I thought, oh gosh, these poor Americans are going to be so deluded when they have a look at the exchange rate and realise that our $3 billion is only going to give them about $1.8 billion. And then after a while, I started to think, well, hang on, this can't be right. They're not all complete idiots. They've got to have some idea of what's going on. And so I then started to think, well, my goodness, is it possible that all of these references in Australia to $3 billion, which we've been interpreting as being in our currency, are in fact $3 billion US dollars? I have asked the Department of Defence on four separate occasions in writing to get a breakdown of the $3 billion. 
how was that number arrived at, who made the decision, what will it be spent on, those sorts of things. No answer to any of those inquiries at all. So I thought, well, there's no point asking the department for a fifth time to, again, just be greeted with complete silence. Your silence, I'm sorry, pardon me. And so I thought, what else has happened? And I thought, aha, another event occurred on the 25th of October, and that was Senate Estimates Committee hearings in Canberra. And so I decided to go through those transcripts and blow me down. Quite late at night, there'd been, you know, various bits and pieces about submarine stuff. And again, like the US hearings, there's much more there that I'm going to to go through in, in coming weeks, a lot of detail. But very late in the process, uh, it turned out that there was confirmation from the Australian Submarine Authority, this body that has been stood up to supposedly manage the process uh, of acquiring nuclear-powered submarines, that the figure was, in fact, $4.7 billion. So for the first time ever that I'm aware of in a public forum, there was actually an admission that this is the amount of money that we're going to be forking out. And I am lost for words. Not Well, obviously, I'm not lost for words. I'm still talking. But I am profoundly dismayed by this because $3 billion itself was a ridiculous, unjustifiable amount of money. But $4.7 billion is just staggering. But what is even worse, of course, I believe is the way that the government has gone about disguising the amount that they're transferring. Now, I've been dealing with defence for a long time. As you know, previously as a journalist, then a lot of time in industry and now back in journalism, and I have never, ever come across conduct that is so obviously deceitful, that is so obviously designed to conceal from the Australian people the true magnitude of what it is that we're in the process of handing over. I've given you the references. If anybody thinks that I've completely lost my mind, that I've turned into a crazy person, it's all there. It's all there in black and white. If you like, go and read the article online. It's just very short. It's only going to take two minutes out of your busy day, where I've basically cantered through all of that. It's difficult for me to understand how the process of government has become so degraded that we can have senior people like Defence Industry Richard, uh, Minister Richard Miles talking about this $3 billion figure without qualifying it. We've got Vice Admiral Mead, head of the Submarine Task Force, also talking about $3 billion without qualifying it, generating the impression that we're paying a far lower sum of money than we actually are. So two events on October the 25th, committee hearing in the United States, committee hearing in Canberra, big time difference, of course. 25th of October was also my birthday. So thank you, the fates. These three events, I have got so much more detail to go into regarding AUKUS that it's going to take some time to get to the bottom of all of this, no pun intended. Or just as a teaser, mention another thing that came out in the US hearings. Now, it's, it has been conjectured for a while 
how many Virginia-class submarines the United States will need to be producing annually before they can consider transferring subs to Australia. And there's been quite a bit of speculation in the media that, well, once the US gets to two per year, they're currently at about 1.2, that will then trigger the circumstances or trigger the availability of excess submarines to go to Australia. Well, no, 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 no. Because tucked away in the middle of the US hearings, there was a comment from US Navy Secretary Eric Raven, and he finally gave a much more specific number. He said that there will need to be a further leap from two per year, which is what the United States will need for their own requirements, to 2.3 Virginia class per year. And I can tell you, well, that's obviously an even bigger ask than getting to two. That's simply maths, 2.3 being larger than two. But I think that there's a further complication, and that is once US industry, once the massive US system has reached the point of being able to do two Virginia class per year, as I say, that's still uncertain. They might, but they might not. But let's assume that they do reach that level. Well, what actual incentive is there to press the accelerator pedal even further? They've met their production needs. Why should Australia count? Yeah, well, we've been dimwitted enough to a decade earlier, I mean, like, you know, now, to have transferred $4.7 billion to them. But in 10 years' time, who's going to care? That'll just be a forgotten memory. What incentive will the US have to further increase their submarine production system, which at that point will be going like the absolute clappers just to meet their own needs? It's just yet another one of the many mysteries in all of this. Again, if people think that I am raving like a crazy person, Another couple of things that uh, that happened that originally were going to form the core of what I was going to talk about before I got onto this extraordinary problem with the three versus $4.7 billion. And that was Alexander Downer, the conservative former foreign minister, came out of the woodwork and said that this idea of building nuclear-powered submarines in Adelaide is a fairy tale. Well, I don't have a lot in common with Alexander Downer, but of course it's a fairy tale. It's just so screamingly obvious. Again, in previous podcasts, I've I've had a look at, at some of the numbers, or we've gone through some of the numbers. Australia officially has a requirement for eight nuclear-powered submarines, at least under this proposed plan. The first two or three of them are going to be Virginia class, two second hand, one new. That that's that's the that's the plan. And after that, it'll be these AUKUS submarines being built by the British at the moment without any Australian input whatsoever, that will then be built in Australia. So we're going to set up this vast infrastructure for hang on, eight submarines minus the three that we've already got from the United States, eight minus three, five. We're going to set all of this up for a mere five submarines? I really think not. But the real fatal flaw in all of this is the complete absence of the workforce. 
the 20,000 well-paid trade union jobs that Pat Conroy, Richard Marles and Anthony Albanese spoke about at the Labor National Conference back in whenever, I, I've forgotten when it was. 20,000 well-paid union jobs. All of these expert electricians and welders and pipe workers and all of the people that you actually need to build an enormously complex object like a nuclear-powered submarine. Where, 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 are they going to, where are they actually going to come from? And the reason is they're not coming from anywhere because by then we won't have a submarine workforce. I mean, the only job that ASC have got ahead of them is the Collins Life of Type Extension Program, and that's going to have a whole lot of problems for reasons that, that I've touched on, I think, in the, in, in the last episode. That's a, a couple of hundred people. I don't know, maybe 300, maybe 400 maximum. It's nothing like the enormous workforce that they talk about. And as anyone who has studied problems of submarine construction, the biggest problem that everyone faces, and I'm talking about experience in the UK, I'm talking about experience in the US, I'm talking about Sweden, and I'm talking about France, and I would imagine every other submarine shipbuilding company in the world, it's continuity of workforce. And the United States is a good example. They had, as a consequence of the Cold War dividend, you know, a big cutback in defence expenditure, all of this money was instead going to go on social welfare programs, that they basically paused their construction of SSNs for about five years. There was a bit of a hiatus there. There was the Sea Wolf. There's a little bit of work going on there, but that was very expensive. So Sea Wolf was phased out. Virginia class stepped up, all of that sort of thing. The United States arguably has still not recovered from that pause in the mid-1990s. That they, it's not as even if all of the workers were sacked, they just scaled back. And the thing is, you, you can't have 20,000 people just coming straight out of TAFEs, just having completed their apprenticeships. You need people with a variety of skills and with as much experience as possible, and you simply can't magic them up out of nothing. It doesn't matter how enthusiastic you are. It doesn't matter how often you chant 20,000 well-paid trade union jobs, they just will not exist in the mid-2030s, and, and nothing can change that reality. So it does sound odd, but I do find myself in agreement with Alexander Downer. Now, I also noticed at the other end of the political register, Senator David Shoebridge he is one of the, okay, yes, he's with the Greens. People who say, oh, you know, it's the Greens, I uh, can't listen to him. Well, that's rather, if people don't mind me saying so, rather closed-minded. Everyone is worth listening to until they prove that they're not. And Senator Shoebridge, at least in Senate estimates, is a very capable questioner, a very capable cross-examiner of what defence is up to. He's one of the very few people who is actually motivated to try and get to the bottom of some of these extraordinary things that are going on. And he, at least now, is starting to take an interest in... Well, to, to be fair, he's always had an, an interest in what's going on with AUKUS, but he's now 
really getting into the forensic detail. And he is also concluding from a completely different perspective that that AUKUS is damaging to Australia's national interest. I don't think he's a fan of nuclear-powered submarines, but even setting that aside, just looking at the issues of money and resources and timetable, this is an unfolding mess. So you've got currently political opposites in the form of Alexander Downer, and, uh, and, and David Shoebridge coming out and expressing their concerns. You also have amongst the, you know, I don't want to insult them by saying, you know, elder statesmen and the fact that they're really old. Well, I suppose Paul Keating is, is getting there. Keating has been utterly scathing of all of this. The former foreign minister, Gareth Evans, far more measured in his language than Paul Keating. That's pretty easy, by the way. He's been sceptical. Malcolm Turnbull is deeply disturbed by all of this. He thinks that we're we're going in the the wrong direction, that this is the wrong thing to do. So it pleases me at a personal level that a whole lot of uh, that I'm I seem to be in, in pretty good company, and the number of people who are now looking at the detail of AUKUS Pillar One are going, well, hang on, we're paying these gigantic sums of money and we're getting what exactly? Why are we getting second-hand Virginia-class submarines? And that doesn't even touch on about this vexed issue of disposing of these things in Australia. It's complete madness. So, yeah, uh, that's a bit exhausting, I feel, sort of trying to squash so much into a very compact period of time. Thank you for listening, and uh, I'll try and be a bit more calm and measured next time, but some of this stuff has really, really got up my nose. Bye for now. That's today's Asia-Pacific Defence Reporter. For more in-depth articles, expert opinions and exclusive interviews, visit asiapacificdefencereporter.com. Stay informed, stay ahead. This is your source for all things defence. Until next time.